Chapters twenty one and twenty two of War and Woman by Mrs. St. Clair Stobart. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty one. But the world will never learn anything from women who only acquire knowledge at second hand. Argument from intellect alone is powerless to persuade mankind to action. Intellect is only an accessory of human nature, and is therefore unconvincing to the hearts of the multitude whole libraries of learned treatises on the peace movement which might have interested my intellect would never have moved the real me as this was moved by feeling the tragedies that i saw enacted everywhere in that balkan charnel house the b r c s in sending out units of men only to nurse the sick and wounded in bulgaria acted doubtless with the best intentions but they acted according to the lights of a half a century ago the purblind policy of shielding women against their will from a knowledge of truths however unpleasant these may be is disastrous not only for women but for the community at large the b r c unit which established a hospital in the old turkish barracks two miles outside kirkiris performed an excellent service and major burrell r a m c who was in charge and major hudson and captain beham deserve the greatest credit for their success in carrying out a horribly difficult job they had i believe been dispatched as a unit for a field hospital and had to transmogrify themselves into a base hospital unit as best they could they made bricks without straw as british officers can but if the women of the convoy corps had not by an odd coincidence been close at hand working on parallel lines and giving testimony of british women's good will to work apart from all pusillanimous possibilities wherever work was needed the exclusive maleness of the red cross unit in the turkish barracks would have been a standing humiliation to great britain for this red cross unit of men only signified that a prominent organization in great britain is still breathing the atmosphere of the times of our great-grandmothers and fails to realize that women can no longer be content to float idly upon the surface but feel it their duty at whatever cost to themselves to plumb the depths of life for the first three weeks that we were in kirkkilis we saw nothing of the men's unit which had arrived shortly before us but eventually perhaps when rumours of our self-containedness and of the not unsuccessful nature of our work had penetrated to those turkish barracks the officers called upon us they were then very friendly and we became much indebted to their kindness in lending us from time to time their x-ray apparatus for the location of bullets they were on their first visit to us probably as curious to see how a hospital could be run by women without any men as i was to know how a hospital could possibly be run by men without any women as i was showing them round the wards in which our women were all busily attending to the patients i suggested laughingly wasn't it very brave of the men to attempt to run a hospital without women i can't believe i added daringly that your men could for instance be as scrupulous with the sterilization of the instruments in the theatre as the women or that they would understand so well how to keep their wards clean or that they would be so patient or so careful in the nursing or ah interrupted one of the officers if you would exchange some of your women for some of our men we'd bless you to all eternity but that exchange was not effected later however as christmas drew near and the stress of work in both hospitals had grown considerably less owing to the continuance of the armistice they very kindly asked us if we would care to join forces with them for dinner on christmas day we could legitimately by then allow our respective staffs a couple of hours relaxation and we accepted the proposal with gladness 
the commandant to whom the scheme was confided then very kindly put an automobile at the disposal of the two hospitals and told us we could drive out to any of the outlying villages where away from the main route of the army poultry etc might still be left and requisition for payment any turkeys chickens geese or sucking pigs that we could find one morning therefore two of the red cross officers and one of their interpreters an american missionary who worked in sophia called for me in the automobile and we dashed off in what journalistic headlines might not inaptly have called a british raid upon turkey farmyards in thrace were we found sensibly conducted pigs were all born grown up for there was not i was thankful to find a sucking pig in the whole country and no one at all was born a goose for there were also none of these to be found there was however as might be expected a turkey in most places our tactics on arriving in a village were as follows first we would go to the house of the commandant and arouse him from either his morning his midday his afternoon or his evening slumber and obtain from him permission to commandeer whatever animal we should covet next we sallied forth on foot into the village and making for greens open spaces and farmyards we would mark down any winged animals we saw so far so good but the business of tracking the owners of the winged animals was another proposition the poultry apparently had no owners belonged to a republic of their own for no bird that we ever selected ever belonged to anybody or the owner was at the front and in his absence no one had authority to sell even if eventually by jesuitry and cross-examination an owner was run to earth he was always a stranger to the place knew nothing about any turkeys or to whom they belonged and then in extremis he would finally protest that he loved his turkeys and wouldn't part from them as he had no use for money we guessed this meant that guided by past experience during the war he had no faith that he would ever see the money if he parted from his birds so our next move was to jingle money in our hands ostentatiously then we would stroll casually towards the little cafe and invite our friend to come in with us and sit down and drink a glass of masticha and a cup of coffee coffee which must now be called not cafe turc but cafe balkanique during this process the ramparts generally fell but in the last resort we would threaten to take the business into our own hands and choose and kill and make off with what birds we liked and immediately the look of detached unconcern on the face of our old ruffian would give place to one of interest and the conversion of the owner into a willing seller was accomplished all we had then to do was to persuade him for his own good that a huge piece of fortune had come his way with our entrance into his village and that five francs in his pocket was of considerably more value to him than a tough old turkey cock strutting aimlessly about on the road outside and then after perhaps another glass of masticha the bargain would be struck and our only remaining job would be to catch our birds a performance needing some athleticism we collected all together that day eighteen turkeys and twenty-six chickens and we had a fine business tying them all alive oh and as obstreperous as their former owners to the top of the car but before we left the last village the news had leaked out that we came from hospitals and that the two khaki-clad officers were doctors immediately we were besieged with requests for medicines and the maimed the halt and the blind were brought to us in expectation of immediate cure for here again the results of warfare were cruelly apparent almost without exception every child in the village was suffering from complaints which were the effect of lack of nourishment 
the breadwinners had been on the field of battle for four months and any stock such as sheep and goats if formerly possessed had long ago been sold even flour to make the ubiquitous brown bread was hard to get a more pitiably anemic-looking village full of women and children it would be difficult to find one pale-faced handsome woman was in great distress and implored us to come to her house and see her little son he had been lying ill for two weeks and she could do nothing for him we went back with her to her one-roomed hut the little fellow about three years old was lying in high fever on a mat the usual bed upon the floor with a covering of blankets he was white and emaciated had a hard hacking cough and frequent bleedings of the nose with the usual ignorance of peasants the mother had been trying to make him eat the hard brown bread and was distressed because he could not swallow it my two doctor friends told her she must procure milk and give him beaten up eggs for she kept a few fowls and send in to the hospital for some medicine next day they then went outside and administered advice and treatment to a group of women and children and old folks who had collected with a wonderful assortment of ailments for warned by a previous experience my friends had brought a medicine chest i was then requested by the mother of the little boy to squat indoors turkish style on a mat on the floor and talk to her she fixed her dark eyes full of fear searchingly upon me will he die she asked if if he were not here when when his father comes back from the war but of course he will be here if you do as the doctors tell you i answered but it all depends on you keep this kettle going we had rigged up a bronchitis kettle on the open fireplace and give him milk and eggs and the medicine which will be fetched to-morrow and he'll soon be well she was comforted and then she turned her attention to me i had to explain every item of my uniform where i was working and why i had come so far to help her people and then suddenly again oh but you're sure he won't die and i was glad when the doctors came inside as it was now dark to examine by a small oil wick the only available light the eyes of an old man this woman's father he had cataract and was told he must go to kirkilis to a hospital and have it removed it was then time for us to go and as we said good-bye the mother pressed into my hands a basket of fresh eggs Bakshish, she whispered and as i of course refused to accept it yes yes you must take them she added surprised unable to understand that the doctors could have performed a service for nothing and that we could deliberately refuse an offer of six good eggs we could only make her desist by reminding her that the boy needed all the eggs she would be able to give him if we had not all been fully occupied in our own wards there was plenty of work to do in doctoring the non-combatants in the outlying villages where medical advice was of course out of the question but we returned with our turkey-laden car to the routine work at our respective hospitals having agreed that our combined staffs should meet on christmas day at a restaurant in kirkilis where we should neither of us have to be ourselves responsible for the cooking and eat our christmas dinner in comparative luxury the bulgarian christmas is like the greek and russian festival celebrated thirteen days later than that of the anglican church and our patients all grew very excited when they heard that we were going to have a kissimass of our own early on christmas morning when i went as usual round the wards i felt the atmosphere was full of suppressed excitement and before i could pronounce my usual greeting Kaxti, how are you there was a general rustling of sheets and the patients all sitting up in bed craning forward their necks shouted triumphantly with one accord meli kisimas 
this they had been taught by our energetic and invaluable girl interpreters penka and adriana and the night nurses told me that many of the soldiers had spent the night muttering the words over and over again in their anxiety not to forget them when the fateful moment arrived the relief at having now safely disgorged these verbal calibans was obviously intense no english church services had hitherto been available for our staff who had contented themselves on sundays with attending the bulgarian service held in one of the greek churches but on this christmas morning a service to which we were invited was conducted in the turkish barracks by the red cross unit's american missionary interpreter this gave a realistic touch of christmas to the day a portion of both hospital staffs was of course obliged to be absent from the christmas evening dinner and remain on duty with the patients but the remainder about forty of us enjoyed at seven p m a truly memorable feast for the restaurant-keeper had played up well and had kindly kept the room all day for our exclusive use in order that we might decorate it with boughs of mistletoe with which the trees around kirkulis abounded we had also for the occasion taken down our union jack red cross and bulgarian flags which were suspended on a rope across the road between the two main houses of our hospital and with these together with the flags belonging to our friends of the red cross unit the room looked appropriately festive and british bulgarian after many weeks of trek ox and of stew-pot food those turkeys took on an ambrosial flavour which no english turkey could have rivalled and the tinned plum puddings sent out by our friends from the old country were universally declared to be the best we had ever eaten the restaurant-keeper had been duly coached to send the pudding in on fire but when the time came the tidings circulated that bulgarian brandy would not light we couldn't of course believe this and thought it might be a superstition on the part of our landlord but the united efforts of ourselves and our red cross messmates definitely failed to ignite that stolid bulgarian brandy our brandy is meant for drink not for fireworks explained our host as he disdainfully watched our efforts these were grotesquely futile till the brilliant suggestion was made that a little english brandy of which there was some in a flask might set off the bulgarian spirit the result was instantaneous and the puddings made their entrance in orthodox fashion surrounded by tongues of fiery flame thus not only our bulgarian patients but even the bulgarian brandy chivalrously acknowledged that a little english help was good for the spirits this impromptu interlarded in my toast to the bulgarian king and queen much pleased our bulgarian interpreters toasts and speeches were beautifully short by agreement and could not on such an occasion be utterly omitted major burrell proposed our king and queen and sang the praises of the convoy corps whilst i toasted the bulgarian king and queen and spoke words of appreciation of the friendliness of the red cross unit toward us i had the pleasure also of reading aloud a telegram which i had just received from queen eleonora wishing the women's convoy corps a happy christmas then after the singing of old lang syne the bulgarian national shumi maritza and god save the king we all dispersed and hurried back through the dark muddy streets to our patients some of us not unthankful that a day always full of painful memories had come to a successful close End of chapter twenty one chapter twenty two now that the armistice had been in progress for three weeks and the authorities were all of opinion that the war was over and that hostilities were not likely to be renewed the question of closing the hospital and returning home had to be considered other foreign missions had already either left or were about to leave we had for some time had no fresh surgical only medical cases 
and if we were to remain longer our hospital must be converted into a medical hospital for typhoids and other fever patients and though we were prepared to take anything that came along amongst the surgical cases whilst conditions of war prevailed our position in the middle of the town and our lack of sanitary requirements would not i considered justify our filling the hospital with typhoids and infectious cases which need sanitary precautions we were unable to provide a serious epidemic amongst patients as well as nurses might have resulted some of our staff which was already small enough could not in any case have remained for a fresh term of work major burrell also considered the time ripe for the departure of his unit and as he and i had consulted together and had decided to act simultaneously in the matter of closing our hospitals we together visited dr kiranoff he much regretted our departure but he agreed that the surroundings of the convoy corps hospital were unsuitable for fever patients and he arranged to take over our remaining serious cases and combine them with those of the red cross unit in the turkish barracks under the charge of bulgarian doctors subsequently our own three doctors decided to remain in kirk and assist the bulgarian red cross authorities and later when the british red cross unit had departed were transferred to the turkish barracks where as i hear and can well believe they have rendered excellent service we foresaw that the news of our prospective departure would not be welcome to those of our patients who would not be well enough to return to their homes or to their regiments but would have to be transferred to another hospital we decided therefore to keep them in ignorance as long as possible but the news leaked out and one morning when at six thirty i was as usual making my round of the hospital i found one of the patients in the first ward i visited with the tears streaming down his cheeks we always called this man dobray which means very well because though he was seriously ill with a complicated fracture of the femur due to shrapnel shattering he always replied dobray dobray when we asked him how he felt just as a reassurance to us that our treatment was successful i was of course horrified to find our much-loved cheerful dobray in such condition and i asked the nurse what was the matter she told me what i had immediately guessed that a rumour had spread as to our departure and that the patients were much distressed dobray who had been taking in and understanding every word she said turned his big tearful eyes on me you're going away you're going to leave us he sobbed as i went up to him and took his hand ah yes i answered but even if we do go away you needn't be unhappy for you will be sent to a hospital where you will be quite as well cared for as you have been here in fact i added it's a bigger and a better hospital but dobray nodded in the negative no no he sobbed where we shall go we shall be looked after by fathers but you are mothers and that is much better how i wished that the b r c authorities could have heard those simple words they have now heard the story but their only comment has been if we had the decision to make all over again we should make the same decision we considered the balkans was not a fit place for white women is it not from decisions such as these made over the heads of women against the wishes of women concerning the work of women by men who have not taken the trouble even to inquire into the conditions of the work that rebellious women are created but now the fact of our speedy departure soon circulated in the wards and our patients requested our clever interpreter adriana to try to express in writing their feelings of gratitude for the work we had been privileged to do for them the following verses which ingeniously and naively interpret the sentiments of our bulgarian soldier patients for whom we on our part felt a strong affection were the result a true story 
sick and wounded we first came some near death's bridge and some lame far from dear ones far from home cold unfed here there to roam but thanks to god that was not long we have to sing thanksgiving song a group of ladies well prepared resolved war sighs with us to share they started from a far-off land we think by god they were all sent of cold and mud they never thought by working hard our life they bought a sweet home they arranged at once to see our own they gave us chance as pets we were in sister's hand with joy their cause we will defend so kind and true they all have been we thought our dear ones we have seen and now they gone will not forget as rose the sun when it has set we wish to thank but find no word but god has seen and knows has heard he may give you double share for your kind sisterly care this is but a simple wish served on plain soldier's dish these verses which were it must be remembered written by a bulgarian girl in a language not her own were signed by a number of the patients themselves and will ever be to me a precious little document the last few days in the hospital were as can be imagined full of activity stores and equipment had to be checked and packed some for return home some to be given to dr kiranoff and some to dr moloff the president of the bulgarian red cross society who had throughout been like everybody else extremely kind to us requisitioned goods had to be sorted and returned to their respective owners lists had to be made of men who were well enough to be sent back to their regiments and of convalescents who would be sent home and of those who were to be transferred in ox-carts to the barracks hospital the morning of that last day will never be forgotten many of the patients as they were carried on stretchers or helped with crutches to the carts were in tears whilst their more fortunate companions who were going home or back to barracks and also a large crowd of friends sympathizers and onlookers were crowded round the doors of the hospital in the narrow street amidst a scene of enthusiastic handshaking and hand-kissings and singing of the shumi maritza the last good-byes were said the remainder of our patients had been lifted into the familiar ox-carts and were disappearing round the last corner of our little street there was one last wave of hands and of crutches projected from under the wicker hoods and the work was over we re-entered the empty hospital to perform the last rites of a work which may it is hoped have been not unserviceable to the cause of the bulgarian nation and to the cause of women florence nightingale showed years ago that women can be of service in hospitals of war and broke through much masculine red tape in the process the women's convoy corps have shown that women can be of use not only in hospitals of war administered by men they have shown that women can without depriving men of their privilege of remaining in the fighting line improvise and administer on their own a hospital of war in all its various departments they did not it is true convoy the wounded from field to base hospital as they were qualified to do the bulgarian military authorities kept this work in their own hands away from foreigners from men and from women alike but the women of the convoy corps convoyed themselves over country which had just been evacuated by the enemy under conditions of difficulty which are not likely to offer themselves frequently for repetition within the continent of europe in modern warfare and testified undoubtedly to the fact that they could as easily have attended en route to wounded soldiers and they endured whatever hardships and privations they may have encountered 
both on their seven days trek in their subsequent hospital work without harm to themselves and without a grumble and complaint from the first day to the last of the expedition i myself am an old campaigner in africa and elsewhere and no praise can therefore possibly be due to me for qualities of endurance or for my share in the undertaking but i feel it is incumbent upon me to refer to this aspect of the experiment as concerns my companions because it affords the demonstration which was needed of the fact that women can endure stoically and cheerfully and with safety to themselves hardships and privations which being incidental to campaigns of war have been considered only suitable for men it is to be hoped that in future whenever it is thought desirable to send abroad from this country help for the sick and wounded units of women as well as units of men may be dispatched by the b r c s End of chapter twenty two